1: Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. Yeah! Maverick. your boys
2: took one Yes! You're listening to the West End Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi Oi! Hello everyone and welcome to the West End Way podcast with myself Dave Walker and XWHU employee. This is turning into quite an unbelievable season as we now sit fourth in the Premier League after beating the team we love to hate on Sunday. At what point should everyone start taking this seriously? As the season goes on, are we securing the futures of our best players? With Man City away next, what are the chances of causing an upset? As always, lots to discuss before getting the latest news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. I've not stopped smiling since Sunday. It's always sweet beating them. Although I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure I suffered a few mild heart attacks in those last 20 minutes. Oh, mate, seriously, I was absolutely buzzing. I mean, what Sexual,
3: sexual day that ended up to me. I mean, at the end of the day, I wasn't enjoying the last half hour. My no, my daughter, no. my daughter came in and said, "Daddy, can I watch the last half hour with you?" And I had to say to her, "Listen, I know mummy doesn't like us swearing around you, but if you're going to be sat in here, you need to cover your ears and you need to just not listen to me at all." And literally within seconds, I've gone fuck like that. Which is like <laughs> I, kept, I, kept, I kept doing like every like couple of a couple of minutes because it was just awful trying to hold on but oh boy what a result what a, what, a, what a nice feeling to come out of that having beaten Tottenham and all the seal their fucking fans whinging constantly and, <laughs> and, and, um, and looking so like just, and just to be so many points ahead of Durman oh uh, it was beautiful mate a real 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 good day uh, really enjoyed it but as you say the last half hour geez I think I like, aged about 20 years but thank god we got through it and uh, yeah happy days
2: oh mate my- Honestly, if I would have had hair, I'd have lost it in those last twenty minutes. It, it was such a horrible watch, and um, it's funny because it was a real roller coaster for my family watching me. But when that final whistle went, fucking, hell, I picked the kids up, running around with them. I fucking accidentally stepped on the dog's fucking feet and made him yell. Um, it was pandemonium in my house. You know, but, uh, it was brilliant. I loved. I, I loved every second of it. Well, every second of the 70 minutes, should we say, but um, yeah. it was brilliant. Now, listen, I know you're not a stats man, but we only had 31% possession, four mm. shots with 20 from them. When you look at those numbers, how did we win that game?
3: By defending superbly, mate, Mm. I think. And I don't mean just defending by the the defenders. I mean by the defending of everyone, you know, from all the way from Antonio backwards because everyone was putting their body on the line. The What epitomised the defending to me and I still love this moment and thankfully so many other people do because my tweet got like... 4,000 likes or something by the end of it was what Suchek did when he took that smash to the face, you know, split his cheek or whatever happened, forehead, can't remember wherever it was, but split it, went down and just got up straight away to try and block the ball and then went down with blood gushing from his face and it's that body on the line defending that I absolutely adored and and everyone played so well defensively I mean mm. you could you could go through the team um, but and it was epitomised again by that and by Declan Rice that that interception that he made when they were breaking through like what looked like three on one uh, and he somehow managed to get there as well I just the defending was superb, and yeah, you know, I, I don't mind stats. I don't mind significant stats that mean something. You know, mm. like and and that does mean something because that tells you that basically Tottenham were battering us, that in terms of possession and attempts. But at the end of the day, as I always say the only stat that matters is the final score and that was 2-1 so happy happy days and do you know what that makes it even more enjoyable somewhat in some ways that Tottenham did have those stats because it means that they've come away frustrated that they didn't get anything from it Um, and that makes me laugh even more you know when we've battered them obviously it's lovely to batter them but in some ways that's better because it's not only beat them but it's frustrated them at the same time and uh, yeah loved it mate I just I was just buzzing all day after that and I probably
2: have been since then you're absolutely spot on you know absolutely spot on it does it gives you um, a little bit more enjoyment knowing that the way you won has got under their skin even more and yeah. I, I absolutely loved that. Absolutely loved it because, again, it sparks the whole fucking Tottenham is dead, Mourinho's got to go, and fucking bow yeah. and Harry Kane and yeah. Clary used to be, and it's just sit back with a, a, a box of popcorn moment. And, and you know, <laughs> West Ham have fucking done that to you once. Yeah, West Ham, and I, I just absolutely loved it. But do you know what? Um, looking at the stats, obviously it did look very one-sided, but. We got in their face from kickoff, and we do that, West Ham, and it really puts teams under pressure very early on. And I thought their defence looked very shaky, actually, for most of the game. I fancied us against them, because I believe, honestly, that we are one of the best counter-attacking sides in the Premier League, without a shadow Mm -hmm. of a doubt. I think we look so dangerous, and to have that and be so tight defensively really is a testament to where we are in the league. You know, yeah. that combination is so dangerous. But do you know what, X, at the end of the day, I thought we had bigger teeth than they did. It's as simple as that. They wasn't up for the fight like we was. And yes, we rode our luck, um, but we are better than them defensively. And we were, on the day, more clinical in attack. And it's as simple as that. The score doesn't lie. And that is all we care about. Is happy, happy days, mate. Yeah, I'll tell you something as well, which...
3: which is the difference between Tottenham and West Ham at the moment, right? Is that every single player for West Ham that played in that game wanted to play for us, wanted to play for each other and showed the team spirit. If you see the video um, at the end of the game where Jesse Lingard, who isn't technically even a West Ham player, goes on the pitch and is going mad with all the players that that will past him and celebrating and stuff. We have that spirit. We have a spirit that goes throughout the team, as, as we've said on this podcast before, it feels like there's not one bad egg in that team, that every single player wants to play for the club and wants to play for each other, um, whereas you look at Tottenham, Deli Ali comes on and fuck me, he was terrible like, you know, he just walks around gave the ball away continuously looked looked miserable as hell, didn't fight for his plays, I thought a couple of their defenders looked like they didn't want to be there Um, you know, I thought Gareth Bale played alright, but, you know, the, the, they just you look at their team and they just do not look like a unified side um, and I think that that has been a massive success. You know, a massive contributing factor in the success of our season is the ethic and the um, the spirit that Moyes and and his backroom staff have created. And Declan said it in his interview um, on Talk Sport that everyone loves each other. You know, I've had it said that uh, you know the French lads will mingle with the Spanish lads, the English mm. lads go mingle with the Spanish lads, and so so on, and all the different combinations. Whereas before. West Ham always had a bit of a divide. You're foreigners, you're English yes. players, and but we don't have that now. You know, look at Suchek and Shafelle, whilst they're clearly buddies, and uh, how how I don't know don't sweet's the right word, but how much of a bromance was it when um Chafal went down injured and Suchek <laughs> just like butter but, but I would not let him be, you know, was the hat to be there to look after his buddies. Do you know what that and, reminded
2: me of? That reminded well, me of one of the times you collapsed in a squash court and I ran over to you <laughs> What's a gloat in my face? <laughs> <Right> on, <mate. laughs> that's, that's the
3: difference.
1: <laughs> but how funny,
2: though, X. How yeah. funny was Craig Dawson's reaction when he flew over right. like that? Like, you can see Craig laughing. Is it say, like, calm yourself down a bit, Tom? It's not as <laughs> if he's been shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So funny. It was,
3: but it was brilliant, mate, because not only have they got that friendship, but then they're very likable by everyone else. Like, everyone else yeah. likes them too. And, you know, Declan's really close to. I guess, Frederick, And I think he's close to like Bowen and people like that. Yeah, you can tell he's good mates with all the others. And, you know, I think Fonnell's is good mates with Lanzini. Fonnell seems to be good mates, with everyone. Lingard's come in and settled in really, really well. Um, and it just seems to be such a great spirit at the moment. And, and you know, I I, I love being a West Ham fan right now. Like, I, you know, I got quite emotional. I hate to be dramatic, but I got emotional the other day because I was like, Thinking about it, I was thinking, and I don't want to harp on about this, but obviously I've had a shit year or so, and I was thinking to myself, West Ham really 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 have been like a shining light in that like a real positive that has kept things going and not only because I've been able to watch a team play well and feel proud of the team that I support but also obviously has a knock on effects on what we do so our podcasts have um, naturally been that much more uplifting because we've had positive things to talk about and it, and it has been an absolute, absolute pleasure the only gutting thing is that we've not been able to go to any of these games we've been Take that out of it. What a what a season and what and
2: what a team we've, we've had the pleasure to support this year. It's been incredible. And what you're saying is not only right, but it is massive, 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 massive for West Ham. One of the points that I was gonna make, and you made it before me, was I remember doing this podcast, and actually I think it was either off air or on air, but you made me aware of the little clicks that were taking place at West Ham during some dark times, you know, at times where it was frustrating to watch West Ham. No one gave a fucking shit. They were turning up half-hearted, losing games we should be winning, playing poorly. And it's no coincidence that the dressing room wasn't right at the time. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. You speak to any ex-pro that was part of that 85-86 season where we nearly won the league. The first thing they'll talk to you about is how much of a camaraderie there was amongst the group. And in yeah. fact, I can probably speak to any team from any title winning season and they'll tell you the same thing. You have to have that camaraderie because you have to be friends, friends off the pitch, but you also have to give 110% for your teammates on it. And that's yeah. it. that coupled with the fact that you're a quality player and you respect the badge on your chest is going to deliver good results. And that's what we're seeing.
3: Yeah, and,
2: and and that's
3: right, mate. And and people see, I see a bit of um, some of these questions when I was selecting the questions for the show. Like, what a couple of people said things like, "Have West Ham got a new social media person?" Um, and I believe there is some like new people involved because generally with the social media side you have your like your sort of top people like your seniors that are always there but then you get interims and and younger people that come in and then maybe move on so there probably is a few new people one of them's on Twitter at the moment I've been speaking to he's a decent lad um, and um, but People are saying like you know they've got so much better this year, but really probably what it is is the content that they've been able to put out in terms of positivity has got so much better. Because you know if you if you see that thing at the end of the game I'm talking about where Lingard comes on the pitch and everyone's congratulating he's congratulating everyone. How can you fail but to create a good thing out of that? So it's it's a real positive thing. You know even like little things like you know Sue checking his potato salad and and like those like just such random little quirky things that it it helps it helps and you know that that celebration where they you know got into a band and stuff and Declan looks like he's tying someone's shoe up (laughs) rather than drumming you know it's that it's that it's that sort of thing that just really adds to the kind of spirit Mm. I think and and what is so pleasurable at the moment for being a West Ham fan is that it actually looks like our team are a bunch of good lads as well oh, yeah. like you look you look at footballers you generally feel, "Well, he's a prick he's a bit of a knob don't mm-hmm. like him whereas and maybe I'm biased because obviously it's my team but but there's been times when I've thought West Ham players are pricks but when I look at this 11 and I go through it there's no one in that team that
2: I think oh he's a bit of a toss pot you know that I actually think they're all good blokes and I think that really helps it does. And it's no coincidence as well that, you know, we got rid of some of our show ponies. You know, Philip Anderson, for example, picking up, up yeah. 50 grand a week, not turning up for West Ham. Jack, I think I'm bigger than West Ham fucking Wilshire, who's now playing in the championship for Bournemouth. You know, you, you ship out some of these people. And what David Moyes has done so incredibly well is bring players in that that appreciate the opportunity to play for West Ham or want to grab the yeah. opportunity with both hands mm. and give 110% week in, week out, because once they've got the opportunity, they don't want to lose it. So no. he's played on that. He's played on that. But he's also clearly looked into their personalities and how they would fit yeah. in the dressing room. And do you know what? When you actually look at it, because we all know what a good job David Moyes has done, but when you pick the bones out of what he's done, it's nothing far short of fucking genius.
3: No, mate, he's done he's done absolutely brilliant. Mate, because like you say, not only has he obviously got the results to show for it, but he's completely transformed the culture of the club. You know, he has he has brought out. Um, like you say, players that weren't necessarily 100% committed, brought in players that are, got a backroom staff that look really good and seem to be very effective, you know you speak to any of the players or whoever, they will say Nevin's great for this, Nolan's great for this, Stuart Pearce is great for this and I think what he did so carefully so brilliantly with that background staff is that he almost selected someone to tick every box. So the goalkeeping coach is the same goalkeeping coach that Pellegrini had. Forgot his name now. Xavier maybe I can't remember his full name, but Spanish fella. Um, he's been there a while. He's quite, uh, highly rated, but he's been there under Sir Pellegrini, so he's part of that that era. Then you've got Nolan, who's obviously had some experience as a manager, ex-West Ham player, um, and captain that's been there, done that for West Ham. Then you've got Nevin, who has no affiliation to West Ham, no affiliation to Moyes before, but he's very, very well known in the coaching world in terms of his uh, his qualities. And obviously, he went, I think, from memory with, um, with England. And Gareth Southgate to one of the tournaments because his coaching ability was so highly rated. And then you've got Stuart Pearce, who's obviously an icon, legend of the game. Both, uh, you know, in England international, he's got player experience um, uh, and management experience. You know, he managed England under 21s successfully, not so good at club level, but still managed in the Premier League and so on, and also played for West Ham. And then finally, you've got Irvine, who is like Moise's, you know, trusted assistant all the way back from like Everton days. So I think he's managed to pick his backroom team so well to support him and bring different things to the picture that i think that that is a massive massive thing as well oh you know it just it just seems that he's got that right he's the what he says to the players is right you know the, like i said before in this podcast the first thing he did is come in and show them how little they were running you know and they were ranked like third from bottom in the league and in, in the amount of runs that they were making and he said well that's got to change and he changed yeah. it and once you've got players that will work for the badge then you've got the best starting point, then you start to add the other things.
2: And do you know what else I think is a testament to how well he's done? is If West Ham would have appointed a Mourinho or a Pochettino, for example, and he would have come in, straight away the players would have set up instant respect because of what they've done in the game. But yeah. you could almost forgive some of those players when David Moyes was appointed for the second time thinking oh, I'm not sure about this. Oh, I don't feel that confident about him. Oh, he's been here before and failed. What's he going to bring to the table this time? This doesn't excite me at all. Not really up for playing for him. So I would, I would be very surprised if some of the players didn't have that reaction, even inwardly. So to turn mm. that around, to have those group of players now love him as much as they do, respect him and listen to him and fight for their place because of him, I mean, ex, we could go on all night about what he's done at West Ham. But yeah. Some people say, like, what has David Moyes done so well? It's, it's not one answer. It's every mm-hmm. area at the football club. He's yeah. absolutely smashing it at the moment. And... Um, <laughs> I, you I know, don't, the more I think about it, the more I want to get that tattoo on my ass. <laughs> I was going
3: to say, yeah, you should. And do, do <laughs> you know what, though, which is also great, which will also help West Ham fans um, in terms of their uh, respect and affiliation to Moyes is that Moyes stands up to the chairman. You know, Moyes, yeah, says, yeah. To, M- Moyes says to them, I, I don't want any of these like on no random Brazilian players that you've plucked out from some random agent somewhere. I'm not interested in those players. who says I want to be in control of transfers. I want this. I want that. I'm calling the shots, basically. And I think previously, obviously with Pellegrini, um, Sullivan did give him and his idios a, a bit of a say, but also still brought in his own people. Um, and. And then the relationship once once Sullivan started to think that they were wasting his money and so on became strained and that, and there 's always been this issue even you know as far as Allardyce with Allardyce 's experience uh, Sullivan was still kind of interfering as such whereas Moyes has basically said look you 've appointed me as manager, and I am managing the team and everything else that goes with it and the thing with Moyes is that he's kind of old school in the sense that he isn't like a football coach you know where football coaches basically turn up on the training ground do the training pick the team and do the tactics and everyone else buys the players and does everything else he is a proper old school football manager that watches games watches players thinks about tactics thinks about his team and has much more of an overall say on things than a, than a coach necessarily and I think that's exactly what West Ham needed they needed some Someone to come in and just grab all these like, like disengaged sections and bring it under one. And I think he's done that. And I think, you know, brilliant. Loving it. Loving life at the moment as a West Ham fan.
2: Without a shadow of a doubt. And going back to the game itself, I thought everyone to a man was outstanding. Which is mm. why I almost feel uncomfortable asking you this question. But in your opinion, who were the standout performers? Well, I
3: think... I think our patrons got it um, right. I would say when you look at our Man of the Match post that I posted yesterday, but I'm going to tell you one person and you're probably, people are going to predict I'm going to say this, and I don't want to debate this for a long, long time, but it did help to emphasise what I was trying to say last week. But yeah, Diop, I think Diop was my Man of the Match personally. I understand why Declan got it. I understand why Suchet was second and Diop was third on our patron. but I think the Man of the Match for me was Diop because, like I said with the, with those stats earlier we were constantly defending Harry Kane was not in the game really he, and I just thought Duke played brilliantly and this, this goes back to what I was trying to argue last week that had you now just dropped, that. I know it was hypothetical but if you had just dropped uh, Duke before that game for Tottenham because Bonner was back he wouldn't have played like that against Tottenham and now you're already thinking Duke's back, you know, we've got our £50 million or whatever centre-back again. So you go into the Man City game where obviously we're probably going to lose, but he's certainly a lot more confident going into that game than he would have been if he hadn't played against Tottenham. And and this is what I also love about the team, is that when players come in they play well. You know, mm. Duke came in, played well. Dawson came in, played well. Masaraku, Johnson, you know, you could go through all of them. I would probably say, and I hate to use his name again, but I'm going to, to emphasise my point. I would say the only player really this season that has came in through an injury to someone else and not at least matched the performance of the person he was replacing is a letter. That's the only player, and we got rid of him. And I'm glad we did, as I've emphasised before. And you notice that you move on Hilaire, and how much better does the, is the team performing? How much better does it feel like the atmosphere is at the club now? Because whilst I have been told he was a, you know, a decent fellow, and the players liked him, you can't help but feel like he wasn't really keeping that camaraderie together and stuff. I a million, million, million times would rather Jesse Lingard than Alaire. And look mm. at the difference between the two. And so yeah, so, so sorry to emphasize those points again, but to go back, Diop was my man of the match. However, I did think Declan played brilliantly as well, possibly with Declan, because I've gone on about him since the age of 16. I'm almost like setting such high bars for him every time that I almost forget to it's almost compliment how good he is because I just accept that that is what he is now whereas someone like Dup, obviously if he plays really well I notice it Um, but you could have, mate
2: you could have given it to anyone really, so mm. like every, every player contributed in some form. They did and you're right the patrons did vote for Declan who won seven jewels made 11 recoveries, three clearances, three aerial wins and a partridge in a fucking pear tree. Um, (laughs) He also had a passing success rate of 84%, which I think in a game like that is incredible. And it's like you say, it's what we've come to expect of of Declan. And He's 21 years of age and we've got that expectation on him. It's incredible. 22. Uh, 22, 22. (laughs) But I mean, that's still frightening for uh, his age Mm -hmm. to think of what he's achieved. Well I put I put out a stat and it looks
3: like I love it stats this show, but I put out a stat um Yesterday or the day before, I can't remember. And it was about how many games West Ham had won since he'd been captain. And and the and the win rate with him as captain was huge. Like it you know, it was so good. And you can't help but think having him as captain this year has been a massive factor. I mean, like I say, there's so many factors, but I think that is, is another one. And and if you remember going back to when he was 17, 18, I told everyone this would happen. I told you he'd be West Ham captain and he'd be an England international and I had people saying, ex fucking loves Declan Rice, he's not that good, blah, blah 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 blah, well eat your fucking words now because that guy is absolutely world class is honestly, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, one of the best players to ever come through, West Ham's um, Academy, one of the best players to ever play for West Ham and
2: will be one of the best ever players career-wise to have played for West Ham as well. Without a shadow of a doubt. And one constant with West Ham fans, newspapers and pundits is the value and future of Declan Rice. I mean, with Lampard getting sacked, with us being fourth in the league, with him enjoying his football, with him being club captain, with him being part of a squad that loves each other, with him being an England international, at this point of his career... Is there an argument to say that his value is irrelevant because he isn't going anywhere? I mean you could argue. Why would he? Well, this is the thing. Now, this is why we if we
3: wherever we finish this year, let's say realistically, we're going to be the fourth to about 8th really that's that's where I, I can see it going either on, whether it's a successful season or still be successful if we finish 8th but obviously it'll be a little bit of an anti climax compared to where we've been but I think that's the range pretty much of our season now I would say 4th to 8th now wherever we finish from this point onwards we have to have to build next season and we have to continue to do this because if We start next season and then we're back to having a relegation battle that he will fuck off because he'll just think to himself, look, we we did so well to get ourselves up to where we have. we're not building on it I mean um, oh, this is my guess please don't people quote me on this and say look, look well, everything I seem to say gets turned into an article at the moment um, so I'm pleased this is my opinion Um, uh, that's what I think he would do because he would think I've, we, why have we not built on this and then it will start to be 23 24 and clubs be circulating however if we can get fourth which we could or even fifth or sixth get into the Europa League do well in that have another good season where with fifth and sixth, then yeah, maybe maybe we can keep him for a bit longer. I mean I think because of how good he is, like I genuinely think he could play for anyone. Certainly by the time he's 25, 26, there may be the case that a bit like Harry Kane at Tottenham, which is quite amusing, that you know they could, they're doing well but are they doing well enough for a player that good? So I think there will become a point, Uh, but certainly Chelsea are not interested now that they won't go for him. I don't think now that Lampard's gone, you're fret now, Uh, Man City, Manchester United and Liverpool. Um, And, you know, Liverpool haven't had the greatest season this year. Um, I think if we get into, if we can finish fourth,
2: he'll stay next season because he'll want to take West Ham into the Champions League. Yeah, and he's also got age on his side as well. Yeah. And let's not forget, look, we know what our board's like. Yeah, They're not the most generous when it comes to contractual negotiations, typically. But yeah. he is in such a ridiculously powerful position to negotiate himself a shit oh, yeah. contract. Now, I know he's got a number of years left. But if, if I'm Declan Rice and I'm happy at West Ham, I would go into that boardroom, right? And I would say, listen, I'm happy at this club. But And I call their bluff a little bit. But I know Liverpool are interested. I know they're going to pay me big money. I don't really want to leave. And I want to stay and give you everything I've got and be captain this side and become a legend here. But if Liverpool come calling and I'm still on the same money, I've got to go. I'd be mad not to. Yeah. And hey, if, I- if you're Sullivan, what are you going to do? Because the thing is, X, right? We could get two to three hundred million for Declan Rice... And you won't be able to replace him. Exactly. He's irreplaceable. Because the yeah. thing is, I can't even think of a player... Right? I'm, listen, I'm, I'm not the most knowledgeable when it comes to European football. But I can't think of a player in Europe or even the world that is as good as Declan Rice in his position that would come to West
3: Ham United there isn't there isn't mate i'm telling you now and my knowledge in football isn't that great either world football but i'm telling you there isn't they can't be they can't be a player that is that good that would then be as like when he came to West Ham would be as good as what well. Declan is now, then they just can't be because they would be worth £100 million as well. I mean, you could argue, you know, check was someone that nobody knew about look how good he is. So there might be someone out there, but realistically, that isn't going to happen. And what we need to do is we need to learn from what happened in the past when we had Rio and Carrick and Joe Carl and Defoe and, um, Frank Lampard and everyone, where we cashed in on them. You know, there was that thing with Rio at the time, that was ridiculous because a year or so later we went for 30 million. But at the time, 18 million was a, was a British record fee. And, and so we were like, wow, we get 18 million. We'll be able to buy five or six players and make West Ham really, really strong. And then we went and bought fucking Ragnarold Sommer, Titty Camera, Riga Bert Song, Christian. I mean, Christian Day, fair enough, was all right. But All all those sorts of players and fucks it up big time. And now, if if you could go back in time what every single West Ham fan now would say, right, should keep Rio, keep Frank Lampard, keep Joe Cole, keep Carrick, keep Defoe, keep then Johnson. And there you've got five or six England internationals, well-class players in four of those players that we could build our team around. West Ham would have been a Champions League team if we kept hold of those players for a number of seasons and we would have been in a much better position than we are now. So we cannot, go back to selling Declan because you know, if we sell him for a hundred million, which is apparently the price tag that we've put on his head. If we sell him for a hundred million, firstly, the board aren't going to give us a hundred million back to spend on players. Mm. Second of all, at best, we might get 60 out of that. Players cost 30 million each now for an average ish player. You know, are you going to be able to get two players that are as good as your captain and inspiration? You're not, and that's why you've got to keep him. I would say to Deckton, look, like realistically, what do you expect to get for your wages? And obviously, if you're Declan's um agent, you're going to go above a bit what you'd want so let's just say Declan turns around and says I want 250,000 a week I don't think he would say that but let's just say that hypothetically then as West Ham you say oh that's way too much 150 or whatever and he goes no it can't be 150 because Arnie was on that and Anderson and Hernandez and people like that I want 200 and then West Ham go 190 or whatever and you agree 190 say that it's got to be something like that because we have, there's no point selling someone like him. He could keep, he could play for us for another 13 years or so and give us that
2: level. So that's yeah. right. And it's not just his quality, X, yeah, it's his reliability and his I mean, personality. He plays-, he plays week in, week out. It's his personality yeah. as well. The players yeah. love him. The manager loves him. The fans yeah. love him. He-, yeah. he is, without shadow of a doubt, the full package. I mean, he's yeah. got the world at his feet. and yeah. And I would rather. We broke the bank and gave him a 200 grand a week contract and also threw a clause into his contract that says, if anyone earns higher than 200, you automatically match it. Yeah. Because that's our intention, um, our ambition to build uh, an entire squad around you and you will become a hero because as well as securing him, you also have to secure the future of the football club and you have to show that you're serious about your ownership and you have to spend money and you spend money where David Moyes wants to spend it. Because the, the luxury that you've got as an owner of West Ham is that you've got a manager who he's not going to ask you for £200 million. He's just going yeah. to ask you for money that he knows is going to be well spent because he treats it like his own money. So he's actually a dream for an owner of a football club. So whatever he wants to the fucking penny, give it to him. Then employ a scouting network. Then increase the facilities. Then invest more time into your academy. Start to build this football club because if you can do that and you can show this football club is going in the right direction and that's reflective with the results on the pitch and we have seasons where we're floating between fourth and sixth, genuinely challenging for a Champions League place, then suddenly a young boy at 22 leaving London, which is all he's ever known, where his friends are and his family are and West Ham are, and his misses is, to go to the other side of the country to play for Liverpool isn't necessarily as attractive as it was before when West Ham were fighting relegation. So as a club, we have to fucking use this season to really kick on and add quality to what we've got to bolster the squad and for the first time in a long time be a serious, serious fucking football club that people like and respect. Because, of course, the backdrop of that is you will also then attract a better calibre of player who won't then come to West Ham and take the piss and be a fucking show pony. Because if they will, number one, boys won't want to sign them. And if they call a bluff and they turn up and then they're a show pony, they won't fucking play, no matter how much is paid for them. So yeah. we everything about West Ham feels like we're going in the right direction at the moment. But there mm-hmm. is 100% some things we have to put in place Going into next season to make sure this isn't a one season wonder, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, mate, if if we don't build on this season, then it, it that would be like, I'm not, I mean, most people think that they're just, the time has come now anyway, and I think we're probably in that camp anyway. But if we do not build on this season, then you know that the chairman are not the right people for this club because we have the perfect platform now. And if they aren't going to take us any further next season, or even at least try to, then it's got, they've got to go because we're at, like, Champions League challenging level now. I don't want this just to be a flash-in-the-pan season. I want this to be what is what West Ham is about now because that is what we were promised when we moved to this stadium this is the first season that it's actually been delivered but it can't be the only season it has to be a season of the start of many and i really 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 hope it is you know things can change in football but if you look at the squad we've got now really there's there's no one there that you think right we we really have to replace them soon I mean obviously you can improve it but the oldest type of player the only, oldest players now that are playing regularly I like Ogbonna at 32 maybe and Antonio's what 30 31 I think Dawson's 30 Cresswell's 30 you know Fabianski's obviously a bit older but he's 36 maybe 35 and obviously a keeper you can go on that a bit longer but you've got so many players there that realistically could play for a number of years you know uh shaf suchek rice um Fennels, Bowen, boeing lingard if we sign him um you know like there's just there's a core there that could be there for years and years and years so there's
2: no reason that we should decline now mm, that's right and listen i've said it before and i'll say it again I think fans sometimes get carried away with the amount of money that's being spent rather than how it's being spent. Yes, yeah, that's uh, that right. is absolutely key. And don't get me wrong, a prime example is the business that David Moyes has done. Now, I think he's actually got the ball out of shit a little bit because when all the fans were screaming at the ball throwing money at David Moyes to try and bolster the squad, etc., etc., et cetera, he's somehow plucked Suchek and Shufal for fucking 20 million for the pair. And he's, he's very, very smartly got uh, Lingard in on loan.
3: Uh, yeah, incredible
2: right? signings. So do you know what? If we go into the summer and Moyes has only spent 50, 60 million pound, I'm relatively comfortable with that. As long as that's what David Moyes has told the board, he wants to spend, not what the board has told David Moyes he has to spend because I trust the gaffer and I trust him to pick a player now based on his recruitment so far. And he's now in the transfer market when it comes to spending money. You know, it, it, give him whatever he wants. If he says, right, I need £50 million, pound, give him 50 If he wants 100 give him £100. they come through this COVID season. They've had a pretty much, in Premier League terms, a season off in terms of spending big money. Now's the season to not necessarily spend big, but spend mm-hmm. what David Moyes wants to spend. The bottom yeah. line is, back your fucking manager, no excuses. And don't just back your manager. Get Declan Rice in a long-term deal and everyone else. Uh, who's in their sort of early to mid-twenties that's performing as well. Let's build a future around these players, add to them, and on top of all that, and this is arguably the most important at the moment, get David Moyes in a long-term contract. Commit yourself to him, not the other way yeah. around. And yeah. reward him for what he's done for West Ham so far. Because let's um, not forget, you know, people call Pellegrini the magician or whatever they call him, or the engineer. Fucking Bob bobcunt he was. David Moyes <laughs> is that and more. So yeah. let him lead West Ham... For as many years as he wants to now because he is the man that the players respond to and he's the man that can spot a player. So collectively as a group, we're on the cusp, I think, of finally steering this ship in the right direction but we have to do things right going forward and that... Yeah that buck stops with the ball, because they are the ones that hold the purse strings to make that happen and start those conversations. You know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, like,
3: I have to sort of try and be as diplomatic as possible with this comment, because in the past, I was saying things like, um, you know, people were blaming Pellegrini, and I've said things like, ultimately, the buck stops of the people at the very top, which is the board, so they take most of the blame. So, when things are going well, you do have to give them some credit of now course I, use that, 100%. I use that i use that word loosely but you do have to give them some credit because it was them that took the bold decision to put Moyes back in again now you will argue as will most people they did that because it was the cheap option which at the time i thought it was as well um so i'm not giving the board credit but what i am going to say here is that they you could also, you so they've done well this year, but you could argue that they got lucky a little bit as well because they got lucky that Moyes did as well as he did. Yeah, it's not like they've put Moyes in, paid him a load of money, got a load of players in, blah 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 blah. They it's, it, it depends which way you look at it. You can say they didn't get lucky because their points didn't so well done then. Um, but ultimately, I think they have got a little bit lucky in the sense that Moyes has done probably better, certainly than what 95% of people thought he was. And I bet deep down, deep down, if you was to ask the chairman, what did you expect from Moyes this year? I reckon this season would have been to be, you know, well clear of renegation. I certainly don't think they would have said, we expect him to be challenging for the Champions League. So what the point is that I'm trying to make the board can take credit for this year. However, when they can really start to try try and I don't think they'll ever shift a lot of fans opinions but where they can try and shift those that are maybe a bit more borderline or a bit more neutral is by next season and the season after building on what has happened this season and exactly as you said it call the manager a, a long term contract deck for a long term contracts get the right players in, get Suchek on a long term contract, you know I know he's only just signed but he's young and he's probably not being paid the money he should be being paid because we've got a bargain you know do that sort of thing get the scouting network set up properly get the youth team set up properly get the academy um working you know the academy are bottom of the league at the moment you know they're going to get relegated their manager's going to leave um i reported that on patreon so you know get that sorted do get the whole club singing in the right direction and then You won't shift every fan's opinion. A lot will still want them out, but you'll certainly go some way into at least proving that you weren't as bad as as what
2: some said, and that is what they've got to do. Absolutely. And listen, in short, and I say this as GSBR, in short, for me, categorically, they have to take credit. There's no two ways about it, and I'm a big believer in giving credit where credit's due. Whether it's luck or not, and at this level, with those discussions in private, I find it hard to believe that's luck. Because when it was announced that he was coming back to the football club, David Moyes, we, the fans, reacted badly. But we wasn't also in that room, listening to those discussions and hearing the ideas that David Moyes wanted to implement, which he no doubt would have sold himself on, because that's what he's subsequently come in and done, 100%. But to dispel that myth of being lucky and just being fortunate is in their own hands. So going forward, they can then say, well, we do have to take credit for last season. That was the first platform of what we're building on to deliver you next level, which is what we always told you you'd get. Now watch us fly. We're going to do this phase two. We're going to do that phase three. We're going to do the other. Um, And we're backing our manager. Davis told us he wants this. Um, he's getting it, and by the way everyone, we've just got Declan to sign pentapaper paper on a new eight year deal worth 200 grand a week you know, it's in their hands it's in their hands to show us that they're serious for the first time yeah. and I hope it happens, yes they have to take credit um, like everyone else does, it's, it, you succeed as a group 100% because when we fail as a group, you only look to the board and I don't agree with that, so when we succeed as a group, we're all in this together, we're one team mm. But this is their opportunity now to make sure this continues. And between us, we've highlighted some things they have to do, and let's hope that it happens. Um, I think one of the first things we have to do as fans when we return to that stadium is start singing David Moyes' Claret and Blue Army. Yeah. For me, it's a no-brainer. But I also think we should have a song ready for Thomas Suchet. Yeah. And a man called Rob Linzel, <laughs> that's at Rob Linzel, 1709, sent me this on Twitter. And I think it takes some beating, to be honest, right? It goes like this. Thomas, Suchek's magic, he wears a magic hat. And if you throw a brick at him, he head the fucker back. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's next, and, though? Uh, well, I think you just repeat it. Okay. I mean, you can add to it. You can add to it. But I'll tell you what, even if you have to add to that, what a start. Yeah. I mean, that takes some beating. So if any patrons or any non-patrons are listening to the first section of this show where you think you can build on it, better it, then let us know because we have to get a song in place for Thomas Suchet yeah, but a... as you could for a few others to be fair well yeah
3: and there's got to be a mention potato salad is not there surely that's like his oh, yeah. trademark because yeah. the thing is with that that chart, obviously, that's what Aaron Cresswell's chart is. Of course, his, of course, his charm is is out of date now because it's yeah, he wants to play with Tompkins and Ginger Pele too. Now, obviously, certainly Tompkins hasn't played for us for about four years now, so yeah, we I think he I think Cresswell probably needs a, a revamp on his one or a new version, and then Suchek can have, can have that one because yeah, I, I think I would love West Ham to get back to how it was. Um, when I first started going, you know, I, I was thinking about it like we had a chance for everyone, you know, most players had a chance, and, and it's a shame now. Like, I don't even, like, I mean, I know Declan's got some, but they're not like the Dimitri Paye one, you know, that just everyone knew and everyone associated with him. I know like Mazzuaki's got one, Lanzini's got one, and there are, there are, Antonio's got one. There are chances out there that players do have, but it would be good, and and I agree, it's got to be David Moyes' character army now, like. Just move move to that and let's really, really, really try and embrace him as a potential manager that we can remember as one of the best because, you know, you look back and you, you talk about, about Greenwood, you talk about Lyle, you know, Lyle was there um, for... 19 years or whatever it was, and the and you and you hear the constant stories about how great he was for West Ham, and I know yeah. I know eras have changed, and managers got more time and more um, sort of tolerance in the past um, and uh, to build things, whereas in recent years, you know, you can't really look back at any manager. Like and say they were a West Ham like legend as such. You know, you, you, I loved Harry Redknapp and he was like up to, you know, before Moyes, shall we say, was my favourite manager because he got us fifth in the league. He got us to Cagno. He brought us a lot of exciting football, but he was mm. only there like, what, 1994 to was it 2001 maybe something like that seven years um and you know and and then obviously he went to Tottenham and things like that so he's clouded his rep a little bit you know you could argue Pardew Pardew got us up um from the playoffs they got us to a cup final so great times under him great team with him but then he only lasted three years or whatever you know you wouldn't say Pellegrini you you Billich you could say last season at the Bolin but again you know, he got us sacked and we struggled at the London Stadium, so it'd just be lovely to have a manager, that, when we look back, oh, we can say, God, how good was he for the club? You know, David Moyes is, what, 57, 58, so he's at that age now where this is, like, he needs to have that project to build on because he's not going to be looking to better himself much, I wouldn't have thought, because he's getting on towards the end of his career, and he did that. He went to Manchester United and it didn't work, so let him have the West Ham thing as his final sort of long-term project in football and let's all get behind him and let's all chant David Moyes-Chamber Army and let's all be united because that is in our name and also that is what the players are, that is what the staff are, yes people can still be GSBL, I'm not telling people to stop that but as far as when we're in the ground let's just enjoy what's actually happening now, now West Ham fans I think would if they were there, you know all this talk about West Ham fans always being negative, it's not true, I do think we have this jointed fan base at times but none of us would be now so let's just enjoy it let's enjoy what's going on doesn't happen yeah.
2: very often <laughs> um, well said mate well said and talking to gaffers today is also John Lowell's 81st heavenly birthday so uh, yeah. many happy returns to the gaffer up there and it was actually John who was in charge the last time we was in the top four after 25 games and that was the 85-86 yeah. season and that year we finished third Ex- yeah. I hate to ask you this question and I think you know what's coming at this stage, as it stands, do you think we'll qualify for Europe?
3: Europe? Yes. Oh, Champions League. Not sure. Doubtful. Okay. I hate to say it. I'd like to think so. I think today, this weekend, the next coming games are going to be really interesting. So obviously we've got Man City coming out. I think Manchester United are in there as well. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how we do. Um, The game this weekend will be a real marker because obviously Man City are the best team this year. They're going to win the league. Um, How we do against them, because if we go there and lose three or four nil, that could derail us a little bit. We go and lose them, lose their one nil, (coughs) having played well, it might not be that bad. If we can go there and get anything more better than that, then I think that's a that's a brilliant result to move on from. So I would say yes to Europe because I think, what, seventh gets you Europe, Champions League. I really, 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 really hope so. But um, I'm going to go with, Europe. we'll be in the Europa League next year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I left it quite open in terms of whether it's Champions League or Europa League. I'll let you make your own decision on that. But I did ask the patrons the same question in the form of a poll. Just under 1,100 said yes, with 346 saying no. It's been a season to be proud of so far, Rex. But is it fair to say that anything less than Europa League qualification will be classed? as a disappointing season?
3: I, th- I think so now. I mean, if you were to sort of reflect of the season as a whole, from where we were last year, um, as in like pretty much staying up on the last couple of games um, to where we are now, then no, if we finished 8th not ninth, 10th, like even 12th, Compared to last season, that'd be a great season because we've never, ever, ever been in danger of relegation. However, when you're sitting fourth in the league, having just beaten your main rivals in in that league, um, you are in coming into March. You know, to so then not finish in a, Euro, a, a Euro, European spot, sorry, um, would feel disappointing definitely. It would. It would be an anti-climax
2: in my that's for sure. Um, Well, listen, what a fantastic win that that was. And it was also David Moy's first ever win over Jose Mourinho. They face each other 16 times in total. X, we certainly have some tough games coming up. And like you said, they don't get much tougher than Man City away this Saturday. Um, I know we're in good form, but can you see us getting anything from that game? I can see us getting
3: a draw. I could see us if we, yeah, I could see us getting a draw if we play on top, top of our game, top of our game. We could get a draw there, um, and that would be a superb result. Uh, I think if we as defend as well as we did against Spurs, um, then there is a decent chance that we could go there and frustrate them and hopefully get a draw. I mean, they're playing tonight; they're currently one new up. At, um Monçin glad back, but in my mind that helps because they've had to fly to Germany. You know they're playing a tough game in the Champions League. We would have had an extra like period to to rest, having seen their team. It's a full strength team, so you know I think apart from the fact that Bruyne is not starting, and but but there are strong players in in the in their starting eleven. I I think. I think a draw, we could get a draw. I'm like, that's my that's my hope, probably we'll lose. But I think it's not within reach to get a draw there.
2: Mm. And I do feel dirty saying this because, you know, who am I to under, underestimate West Ham these days? We've just done incredibly well. And I do genuinely believe we can beat anyone home or away. But Man City seem to be the one team in the league at the moment that are just pissing it. And they are strong and they are going to win the league. And they are at home. And they have got players that can hurt us, as we have them. But for me, I think we have to play five at the back against City. Um, And I think we really have to utilise that strong counter-attack of ours to try and nick a goal or two. I I do think it's going to be hard. I'd, I'd love to say, love to say I can see West Ham winning. And I'd love to be optimistic when I say a draw. I can't see it. I'll be honest. And don't hate me for saying that. I I think it's going to be a very, very, very tough game because above anything else, you know, when West Ham had gone to City in the past, there was always a chance that they might have taken us for granted a little bit and be caught off guard and against the ropes. But I think Pep Guardiola will know that West Ham can hurt teams this season. And after 25 games to be fifth, they will be taking this fixture very, very, very seriously. Um, I just hope, like you said, and you're absolutely right, that if we do lose, we don't take it to heart. We don't let it derail our season. Because a, a defeat can do that. You can spiral out of control. And Moyes has got a job on his hands there if it does happen. To pick those boys up and get them to carry on, but horrible game next, horrible game. But then it's the Premier League, and yeah, I mean the thing is, if you look at
3: the coming fixtures um, after that game, we've got Leeds at home, and Leeds are like probably the most inconsistent team in the league, so you never quite know what you're going to get there. But they're on their day, they're decent, and then you got Man United away, which again, you know, probably the second best team in the league. Um, then you got Arsenal at home, which again, Arsenal are very unpredictable. Um, and then you've got Wolves away who seem to be hitting form and then you've got Leicester at home so you're beginning to start to play you've got the top three teams there you're beginning to start to play the good teams again um, and this will really be the making or breaking of our season because you know we have we have to make sure that we don't drop too many against those teams yeah 100% mate score prediction um I I don't know why I bother to give predictions anymore, but um, I'll go because I know where we're going to be going after this. I really don't want to. I really, I really really don't want to talk about it. So I'm almost tempted to just say I don't care. Let's just do my section (laughs) because I know what's coming. Well, one speaking all. of no, not one 2-1, 2-1, 1-0, 1-0, 3-0, 2-0, 2-0 Man City. There okay, you hold
2: up, there aren't many scores left. What, what are you going for? 2-0 <laughs> Man City. You're going for 2-0 Man City. Well, I'm actually going to say the same. I'm actually going to say the same as you, 2-0. And it's speaking of predictions. No, we don't enough. need
3: to. No, it's been such a positive show. <laughs> Why? Why do we have to And it will continue
2: this? to be positive. But listen, no, it mate, will listen. Not. Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to surprise you now because I'm not going to give X any stick this week because he has had a bad week. And to be honest, I do feel a bit sorry for him. (laughs) But I am going to tell you what a fantastic week I've had. <laughs> Do you know what, mate? This this week, this
3: week was summed up for. It. I got it. I got. I it. bet I got you're it. still not going to give me any fucking credit. No, I yeah? will. I will. I will. Hold on. The last thing I say will be positive. I'm going to give you a bit of shit before that, but <laughs> it will be positive, Right. Listen. I got it to about forty points between us, didn't I? Something <laughs> like that. Uh, going into this game week, and it was only about what twelve league places, something along those lines. It was very, very close. I thought, I've got it. I've got back into this now all i need is a good week this week i'm actually gonna overtake him and this will be fucking hilarious for the podcast and i was, <laughs> and I was like plotting the things i was gonna say and stuff and like you know like absolutely buzzing for it and so i tuned into was it walls leads wasn't it and i was like right if i get this one right i'll literally if they gets it wrong and i get it right i could even overtake him today so i saw the scores that we both predicted now You'd predicted a Wolves win, and I'd predicted a draw. Yeah, so so it it would have been a a big difference in it. Now, it was a draw. It was all going to plan. I was like, yes, I fucking started brilliantly. Wolves have a shot that hits the crossbar really hard, flies out away from goal, away from goal, hits the back of a diving goalkeeper and goes in and makes it 1-0 to them. And then it stays as a Wolves win. And I just thought, here we fucking go. (laughs) Lucky, lucky, lucky Dave is back. And this is going to, in my head, I said, this is going to continue throughout the weekend. Every game I looked at, I got it wrong, you got it right. I got it wrong, you got it right. And then you ended up fucking finishing third, in the whole fucking game for scores this week. Now, yeah, and you were actually top for most of it until the last bit. Now, your score was absolutely phenomenal this week, and I will give you that credit, and I'll admit that yes, well done, you absolutely smashed it this week, but it's just that luck like it's, I just can't <laughs> get over it like that Wolves thing like and then and then actually there was another thing so we agreed on the show West Ham one, Tottenham won in our predictions yep. that we do for the Patreon West Ham won Tottenham won both of us and I thought well look that game can't swing because obviously we've got the same prediction so it's going to be the same so and then when it finished 2-1 I was like get in 2-1 I was like oh it's okay Dave hasn't predicted 2-1 well. it's alright so I haven't fucked up on the prediction <laughs> league either <laughs> then I go and have a look at the fucking prediction League 2-1, Dave West Ham 2, <laughs> Tottenham 1 and I'm like what the fuck, he put in his predictions one all. so why is he now put 2-1 on the bloody Patreon thing, on the bloody prediction thing and then I speak to you and you go oh yeah I changed my mind last minute and yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah. oh my god and the thing is I changed my mind last minute and I was like no I think West Ham are actually going to win, I'm actually really up
2: for this I was like no 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 calm down, they're actually just getting excited and I left it. Yeah, but that's mm-hmm. the difference between me and you, you see. It's the quality oh. of judgment. See, you can talk about luck all you want. And actually, if you want to talk about luck, it could have been a shitload worse for you because I had Palace and Brighton at 1-0. And then fucking Christian, I couldn't hit a barn door from fucking two paces, Ben Teke, scored with 20 seconds left to make it 2-1. So I nearly got another 40 points for that one. So, um, mate, I've, I've smashed the life out of it this week. I mean, four, yeah, if you have. Four yeah. correct predictions and a handful yeah. of points saw me move from 84th to 54th. Uh, and in fact, like you say, I was in the top three for the whole league for most points accumulated this week. Very nice indeed. X you said you weren't going
3: to talk about me. Mate, Why are you going? Back no,
2: about just, well, just 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 giving facts. I don't want to talk about. It. I'm not comfortable. But I know the people listening will want to know. Uh, no, they don't. No one cares. Uh, they get uh, bored. They're No, I, I. Do you know what they're switching up? up. I've literally just looked at WhatsApp, I can't, it's not fair to tell you who, two messages saying, um, how did X get on this week? So I wasn't going to, but well, I will Alex, do because of that. Why, 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 why who
3: would he say that? <laughs> well, because they're that,
2: interested, mate. They're, inter- they're, the, they're all saying, they? they're all saying that I know you made 54th, Dave, you smashed it and this is going to be tough on next." but how far behind is he exactly? Like, are we well, why don't they get off their fucking lazy asses and look themselves? <laughs> why do they have to ask you? They can look exactly the same way you can bollocks well look I mean, mate, I, I mean you might not even know where you are so it might be no, no, um, i don't i don't not care do you know? no i don't it's not as bad as you think actually mate because you are only 129 um I, I don't even want to say it mate this isn't the great news for you you are 288 points behind me now um which is difficult, but... Listen. I was
3: 30 or 40 going into this game week. I was literally buzzing. I was like, the fucking Lydia, he's talked about this all year. And I've done it. I've done it. And then this bloody weekend, like, literally, what happened? Like, wow. what, it was, like, obscene. It just, was obscene. Why don't we talk about fancy football? I did well in that. Bamford was my captain. look, see,
2: you know, if... Oh, I just think you were the victim. Not playing soon. anymore. I, I think you were the victim me. of some incredibly good skill and judgment by me. And, you know, mate, you weren't the only one. I overtook shitloads of people. So don't take it personally. <laughs> yeah, but I don't care about them. I only care.
3: About, like, I don't even know their names. I only care about where you and me are. Don't care oh, about that's yourself. sweet, mate. What a lovely thing to say. No, it's nice because I hate fucking
2: losing So yeah, It's not lovely. And, uh, and <laughs> but listen. Is, I don't <laughs> but, want to. But, but listen, mate, listen. No. Mate. You can come from behind. And I'm sure I'm not the only man who said that to you. <laughs> I knew you. <laughs> <It's> so annoying. <laughs> I, I could literally predict
3: that was what the next line was going to be. So, are you say my predictions are shit. I knew that was coming. Literally. like. <laughs> <laughs> oh for god's sake i hate this game like for whatever <laughs> for whatever money i make out of it which really isn't as much as people seem to think we do i don't want to do it next year <laughs> fuck it you can you, you can do it on your own you Don't get like- some other mug you don't like Stuart Slater anymore? No, I don't. I prefer him to this guy. Seriously. <laughs> I, really, I, really, I really, really do. That, that's the end of it In fact, I think I might hand him my resignation as of now.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> before he gets the ump, let's see what's going on with this wonderful club of ours. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of The West End Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon.com forward slash The West End Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to The West End Way Podcast, our second weekly show called The West End Way Podcast, Extra Time. Classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month.
0: Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbours are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement-making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite & More. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.